Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Standing Room Only podcast, episode number 90. We are inching closer to that century mark. Week one of the NFL is in the books. Many surprises. We also had a combined no-hitter in the MLB. We're going to talk about our thoughts. Healy, you were at the Cubs game this past week. But before we get into that, make sure you guys are following us on social media, SR Only Pod. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and YouTube as well, Standing Room Only. You can find myself. I'm iGoose with four O's, and we have Healy as well. Follow me at the Healy Six on Twitter and Instagram. So welcome in another episode. I figured Healy, we had a big weekend as a Cubs fan. Let's get the baseball out of the way. So you reminded me that you were at the game. Um, was it Friday or Saturday for the? I Cubs went to Friday's in? game, the first game of the San Francisco Giants versus the Chicago Cubs. Chris Bryant's return to Chicago, and man, it was it was an emotional day. I had that... some pretty sick tickets. I wore a shirt that said "I miss Chris." Got a lot of compliments on it. Everyone looked at me as I was walking by everywhere because, like, what a great shirt that was. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was what, what was the brand, the company for that shirt? Obvious Shirts. Obvious Shirts, yes, yes. They make awesome shirts, actually. They're plain and simple and straight to the point. Um, it was funny. Not an ad, but great, great shirts. <laughs> <laughs> not an ad, exactly. Um, so watching, obviously, I know a lot of, Cubs fans, baseball fans in general. I'm not a Cubs fan. I mean, I mm-hmm. respect the Cubs. I have nothing. I'm not one of those Sox fans. Yeah. Watching your Snapchat, you had really good seats. You were right behind their dugout, and you could see him wiping his tears. He's getting upset, puts his head down. And yeah. in that moment, I was like, wow, this is surreal. As a Sox fan, I'm almost getting choked up at the fact that Chris Bryant in this return was so heartwarming is that is that the term i want to use here i don't know but then after after i saw your post then late a little bit later on barstool and all these other mm-hmm. um pretty much every other sports media outlet showed the front view because you were behind him of him actually watching the, the 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 screen and him crying and getting worked up and it immediately brought me back to all the fun times that squad that core squad had and it gave me goosebumps it was one of yeah. the it was one of the craziest things I've seen. Not crazy, but um, yeah, yeah. I As a Sox fan, I was a little choked up. I'm getting like goosebumps right now. So before the game, I got hit up by someone that we used to work with, Jeff, big Cubs fan. I went to go talk to him before before the game started up, chatted for a little bit, and then the Nash, like stuff was going to get started going. I'm like, I need to get to my seats. I need to get to my seats right now. I missed him warming up on the field, like running back and forth and doing this jogging on the field, which would have been sick to like get a shot of me wearing my shirt with him just in the background or to him see my shirt because he was running in line where I was sitting. But that didn't work out. I, was, I ran back to my seats. National anthem happened. I stopped. As soon as it ended, I, I'm like running, getting through people. And they start playing the, the video board tributes. And I get to a point where... I turn and look, and he's right there. And I just had the perfect angle where I was able to show the video tribute on the scoreboard, and as you mentioned, get Chris Bryant in the shot as well. 
I uploaded it to like TikTok. It was like ninety thousand views. Yeah, I saw that. I yeah. I uploaded it to Twitter too, and I also got a bunch of views as well. Yeah, so that, um... it was it was it was crazy. I was no joke. I as I was running around like home plate area, I was like holding back tears. Like he is my favorite player. No longer a cub, the curse breaker, rookie of the year, MVP, MVP multiple yeah. time all-star, the kid of Chicago, their best player on first time returning. Like a, it's like a, an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> like you see them for the first time after you break up, you just, their emotions just all showing up. Haley, we're going to have a conversation after this episode. no i um yeah you know it's 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 beyond it's it's way beyond just being a cubs fan this is like one of those moments where for me just growing up it kind of reminded me of in a way and i can't really compare the two but Derek jeter's last game for the yankees you knew it all fans were gonna be a little saddened by hey this is it the good thing about chris bryant you're still going to see a lot of baseball from him. Yeah. There's so many good takeaways. And, you know, and I was just thinking in that moment, I was just thinking like, wow, he's a part of the best team in baseball right now. He Mm -hmm. literally, like, this is actually a very good thing because why you want him to not struggle again with the Cubs like they did for the first couple of years when he was in the league. Obviously, they got pretty damn good, pretty damn quick. But the fact that he's with the Giants and you see that and you know they're going to contend. Like their team is obviously the, to, to lead the division that they are leading in speaks tons. The, the Dodgers are going in the playoffs as probably the number two team and still the favorite to win, I'm sure. But to be a part of an organization where, to be honest, I couldn't name their nine their batting order. I could not name their batting order. I can name like five, six guys on the team and that's it, mm. including Chris Bryant. So I, I'm happy for him. And I think a lot of Cubs fans are too. I think knowing that, yeah, you didn't want to lose him, but the fact that you lost him to the Giants, you're like, okay, go get another championship. That's our boy out there. Yeah, it'd be great. I did see Chris Bryant was on a Barstool podcast though, which was cool. Uh, he did. He talked about how much he loved Chicago, and like this place will always be special to him. And like, if things were to come about, like he's not writing this city off, like for his career. He he really enjoyed being here and whatnot. He also said he did like being in San Francisco because of all the veterans that they have. That's a nice change of pace. Because with the Cubs, one of their problems were like. They didn't have a lot of veterans. They had they had a lot of older guys, but then once that they won the championship, a few of them retired. And like Chris ended up being like one of the most experienced guys at age twenty four on the team. Yeah. That didn't didn't really help. So it it was it was a fun game to watch. Uh I also sat near Barstool Carl, who's oh. he was he was on his podcast. At one point Chris is running towards the dugout after after an inning, defensive inning, and he just gets up and starts yelling, "Chris Bryant, you suck! You are terrible!" Like they're 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 friends, so he's like yelling at them. 
two two security guys start running down the stairs. They're like, "Oh no, <laughs> the guy's heckling Chris Bryant." And then Chris is like looking at him, like smiling, and they're chatting, and and uh, that's hilarious. And he's they like, "No, no," like he's, he's like, "Yeah," he's like, "No, I'm kidding." Like, I'm not, I'm not actually talking crap to him. That's hilarious. There were there was like, yeah, the the security cards kept like running down the stairs because they they didn't want anyone to mess with chris for that first game Cubs ended up getting stomped they it was like a tie game at one point and brandon belt hit a home run evan longoria hit a home run it just wasn't good and then was was it brandon belt that put that makeshift c on his jersey during the the series yeah well for the first game and he went off in that game he's been going off in general lately the whole team. It's so weird how they work. It's so mm-hmm. weird. Bunch of guys that can click, and when they do, it's scary. Yeah, they're like 34 and above for a lot of those guys on that team, which is wow. rarely unheard of. Is Buster Posey, is he in that age group now? Buster Posey is... I know he's been with them for quite a while. He's, he's definitely 34. Successful. He is 34 and 172 days. Yep. And okay, he has a 900... He has 902 OPS on the year. Oh, my gosh. Which is his highest since his MVP year in 2012. It's funny, too. Thinking about it, he, and I know this last season was a very short season, he decided not to play last year. He was, like, one of the few that decided not to play Mm -hmm. in in the league. Yeah, we thought we were seeing the end of Buster Posey. We thought his career was declining, and he's shown that it's not. He's betting 301, 391, wow. 510 slugging. Wow. One of those one of those catchers that's a gem. Longevity. Kind of like a uh, Piazza or a, or a Pudge. Yeah. It, w- it would have been sick to probably go to a couple of those other games. Um, the Cubs got stomped in like every other one regardless, which a little unfortunate. The... the the atmosphere, though, in Wrigley, amazing. Every time Chris Bryant came up to the plate, it was it was kind of funny because like I wanted the Cubs to win, but as if Chris Bryant came up, I'm like, just hit a home run. It would be cool. Just go ahead. If you want to take the lead, take the lead. Do something. Do it. He got Do it. He walked once in the game. I think he only reached like once or twice, and it was. I don't think he got a hit, but I got I got to see him play. Still have never seen him homer in Wrigley. <laughs> I would have been heartbroken seeing him hit a home run in Wrigley for the first time ever with the different shoes. Not as a Cub. That would no. be kind of wild. He's still got to wait. I mean, there's going to be more seasons. Plus, he goes to the mm-hmm. AL and doesn't play in Wrigley very often. Yeah, we'll we'll see where he goes after the season. I also saw another clip of him talking about the Anthony Rizzo trade because it was the first trade to happen. And mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, it was like a shock. Just he knew from there on out, like guys are going to get traded. And it was, it was, he thought Rizzo was going to be like one of the last guys to get traded. Yeah, he was he, he, like as, the... as big as Chris Bryant was and better than everyone else on the team. Rizzo was just like. The heart of the Cubs. The heart. He was the heart. Yeah. Yep. Especially like just his story in general, kind of yeah. what makes him him. 
I guess, mm-hmm. so to speak. But and then there was a combined no hitter in the MLB as well. It was yeah. the, for the third time this season. You said it was the Indians. Yep. Got no hit by it was combined no hitter by Milwaukee. Yeah, Corbin Burns and Josh Hader. So it wasn't one of those really annoying no hitters where it was like the Cubs where they had a starter go a few innings and then a guy came in for an inning plus and then another guy came in and then another guy came in. Corbin Burns went eight innings. He's at 115 pitches. Like I get that Burns has had injury issues. He's been hurt in the past. 115, like you could have pushed him another inning. As soon as he gives up a hit, you're done. You just toss in the next guy. How many more pitches was he realistically going to throw in a no-hitter? True. I agree. But also, two weeks left in in regular season. That's the only thing I can think of, and I'm sure. Who's their head coach? Is it still Craig Council? Craig Council, yes. He's the the longest-tenured National League coach. Wow. I remember watching him play when I was growing up. Yep. Craig Council. They had that that's probably the only reason why. Cause you literally have two weeks of baseball left. Playoffs are starting. They are should be in the playoffs, I would assume. Oh, no doubt. They're just way higher than everyone else in the in the standings. Yeah. Right now they are currently thirteen games up. Wow. <laughs> the magic number they have a magic number on here. Um, weird. MLB.com does not have a magic number. Uh, I think up 13. It's got, I think be it's like... uh five. I think the, the magic number is five at the moment. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, five or less because the white Sox are down to like seven and they're only up like 10 games. So they're up 12 and a half. It's they're up 12 and a half now. Yeah. Wow. They've been hot. Dude. Lewis Robert has been the return of Lewis Robert gives me hope not and trust me I am sold on this White Sox team as much as the next Sox fan but I still think the AL is very very strong the Astros Mm -hmm. Tampa any of the wild card teams coming out of the east Toronto or Boston Maybe the Yankees slide up. They they they've literally are there and then they fall. They're there and then they fall. There, I think there's a game or two or three out of the wild card spot. Um, and then the probably the AL East is who I'm scared about the worried about the most. AL West, yeah, they're pretty good. Astros, pretty good. Actually, the Astros are pretty damn good. Besides that, I don't know, but. Compared to the NL, I do believe the AL is going to pull away with the World Series. Regardless of who it is, but again, I do have confidence that the Sox offensively are going to give teams at least a better run with Lewis Robert back in the lineup, with Eloy back in the lineup. And Tim Anderson's back over a 310 average for a while. He had like a slump for like almost a whole month where he dropped to like a 285 or a 290, Mm -hmm. which... It's still good, but not Tim Anderson good. No, so now that- especially with how he walks and whatnot, you need his yep. average to be great to make up. For yep, exactly. I, I'm, I'm just saying, imagine how packed these stadiums would be with a White Sox Brewers World Series. You know, the White Sox fans would travel up to Milwaukee and the oh, Brewers abso- fans would travel to Chicago. Absolutely. 
Because it's all, you're talking hour, hour and a half. Game time, expect two to two and a half hour of travel time, just how it is. But those two states, that's that's literally about as close as an AL and NL team probably is going to get next to each other. Yankees yeah. and Mets, maybe. Well, maybe. Yankees and Mets, definitely. Well, because yeah, they're in the out, same city, duh. Out of, out of cities. That would be the closest. Out of cities, yes. yes. Maybe, yeah, yeah. It would definitely, looking at all these other teams, I don't really see teams close. Maybe, Cle- well, Cleveland and Cincinnati are in the same state. Yeah, they're right there, too. But still, I think they're farther apart, regardless. Yeah, it'll be, uh, that would Anyways, be though, if White I, yeah. Sox, if the White Sox or the Brewers make it, hopefully it's either or, preferably the White Sox, but if it's either or, there's a good chance... Uh, you might, I might be interested in trying to just look at some tickets. Yeah, it'd be interesting to go to. I know, uh, 2005, I cried. My dad told me he was on hold, waiting for White Sox World Series tickets. Call dropped. He called back, was on hold again for another hour. Thought he was coming home with good news. He came home with bad news. I cried. I cried and watched Hannah Montana. (laughs) It's a different time today, though, where you have apps that you can buy and sell tickets pretty easily. Exactly. Exactly. Even though you might pay more than going through a reseller, but it'd be worth it. You know, it's an, it's all about the experience. It's like buying. So who, some people are like, why would you buy Super Bowl tickets? It's the experience. experience. You do the yep. whole, all day experience, tailgate, everything. So, Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to say the uh let's just let's just uh count our chickens before they hatch. Let's let's look forward to a World Series game in uh the South Side. Yeah. So pretty much it for the baseball talk today. We had week 1 happen in the NFL. Let's talk about let's talk about the fun stuff. Let's talk about let's talk about the the NFL and how the NFC Central, I mean North Division just literally crapped the bed. And and the team that crapped the bed the most. Yeah, I'm, I'm targeting the elephant in the room right now. Aaron Rodgers. The whole team. Not just Aaron Rodgers. The whole team. The Green Bay Packers put up three points against a Saints defense that I'm pretty sure they put up 20 to 30 plus last year. With mm. ease. With ease. No Drew Brees. He retired. Remember the guy that used to sling it for 52 100 yards every single season. He retired. Famous Jameis. The man who's got in trouble for stealing crab legs. The man who threw 33 interceptions to match his touchdowns a couple years ago. 32, perhaps. Made the Packers look horrible. Jair, Adrian Amos, don't know what he was doing on one of the touchdowns to the tight end. The run defense was okay. The run defense never was horrible for Green Bay. They had bad games, but it wasn't horrible. The fact that Famous Jameis threw five touchdowns at one point and had, I think, maybe 200 yards was a joke. The Packers' offense, though, I think was the most surprising I've seen, not just in this week, probably in the last two seasons. If you had to take a team... And you had to predict and bet a lock. You would think, and and I I thought it was a lock that they were going to win. 
but three points, I thought at mm-hmm. least they were going to come back in the second half. I thought, okay, Rodgers getting slapped around. He's not, he's way, he's overthrowing safeties. He's not even overthrowing receivers. He's overthrowing safeties. It's his preseason game. It, and that's the thing. He missed camp. He showed up late. He's pulling. He wants the red carpet rolled out for him. He's a celebrity. He's a diva. You know, a couple of people asked, like, do you think he did it on purpose? No. This is his last year. He's going to ball out. To solidify the extra dollars, granted, he's going to, no matter what he does this year, he's going to sign a fat, fat contract next year. No matter who, what it is, no matter what he does. There's no way he did it on purpose. We're going we're gonna to shut that down. The takeaways and the minimal amount of rushing attempts they had because they were down. A.J. Dillon had a couple good runs. Didn't put up many yards. I think he only had like five handoffs. But he bounced off a couple of defenders, which was nice. Detroit, Monday night. This is the game. Detroit played a good game against San Francisco in the second half. Overall, didn't really play that well, and their defense was horrible. I think after getting smacked around, Green Bay comes around. They're like, okay, it's division rival. We've seen this defense before. We see them two games every season. Let's, let's kick it up a notch. Let's get Devontae Adams involved. Let's not overthrow MVS down the field. Let's get Randall Cobb involved. We didn't see him really at all. I just wanted to get that one off my chest. As a Packer fan, it was odd that the Bears were actually in first place for about three hours. Yeah, for a couple hours. That 0-0 record. Thank you, schedule. NFL <laughs> schedule for making them the, the Sunday night game before they got absolutely torched by Matthew Stafford. It's kind of funny because Matthew Stafford, you look at his stat line, and I think uh, Sports Center, ESPN, they, they kind of post and glorify weird things. They were like, oh, look at the stat line. Stafford's back. Or Stafford did this. And it's like, you guys never praised him. They never praised him in Detroit, but he would put up those numbers in Detroit. It's kind of funny to see. Yeah. The, the Bears media. didn't, in the first half, though, they looked okay. The question is, I know it was week one. How long can you allow Dalton to, un- I wouldn't even say he underperformed, but there was a couple plays where you were like, Justin Fields came in and scored a touchdown. Scored a touchdown. Ran one in. Dalton had, I think it was Cole, Cole Kmet underneath was wide open on a play. Ended up throwing into coverage. He had a couple of bad plays. It wasn't horrible, but he had a couple of bad plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've already seen the Bears say not until at least like week four is over. So if week five would be like the first week that we'd see Justin. I hate that they're putting a time frame on it. Yeah. But you can't put a too. time frame on it. What it's if like, Dalton goes out and he throws two? What if he goes week two and week three? With bad reads, yeah, he might throw two touchdowns, but he's throwing two interceptions a game. And I'm talking like 
bad, bad passes or, or he mm-hmm. throws two and it should have been four and guys are dropping interceptions. You know, like that stuff happens. Granted, Dalton isn't that bad of a quarterback. I think he's one of the better backup or type guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In the league. Putting a time frame on something is putting a resistance on something. I don't think I don't think they should do that because that's only going to put a resistance on Dalton as well as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. It was kind of odd how they did bring in fields, though, for a few plays. Like you designed plays. One of them was a rushing touchdown, but you went two of two. And they actually threw the ball. Yeah. That's uh Trey Lance did that with the 49ers. He came in for a couple of plays. A lot of a lot of rookies got touchdowns this week. The only yep. one who like didn't was like Kyle Pitts, but all the rookie wide receivers scored. And then uh yeah, Field, Lance, Lawrence, Zach Cools. They all they all had touchdowns as well. I wanted yep. to bring up since I I've, I've been thinking about it for a, a couple days now. Is the Bears' defense overrated this year? Because all, all, all the time, especially the past few years, it's like the Bears have a great defense. The Bears have a great team. They have a great defense. Like, are, they got 34 points dropped on them. Are they going to be overrated this year? It could be a hot take. This is a big hot take, so don't take this very seriously. If you're listening at home, this is just... They they got thirty four points dropped on them. I want to know: Is this an overreaction in week one? I think it is definitely an overreaction. We have to remember one thing: in this day and age in the NFL, very good offenses have been notorious for trumping pretty damn good defenses, aka the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes, besides the Super Bowl, which that obviously the the Bucks played a very very good football game. Can't forget the Rams were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, putting up almost record breaking numbers. Like they had multiple receivers with a thousand yards. They had a Todd Gurley at the time that was doing great. They added Matt Stafford, who is a better game manager. He makes less mistakes. This is probably, as far as the Bears' schedule, I would say the toughest offense they're going to face besides Cleveland, which they have week three. That's going to be a very tough game. I think that's the toughest offense they're going to face until like the second half of the season. For this being a game one, you played L.A. in L.A., in front of their home crowd. Stafford isn't new to this. He's been in the league, what, 13, 14, 12 years, 13 years now. And his weapons are endless. Endless. And that's not even including, like, Henderson at running back, who actually is kind of a flying under the radar, a solid running back. You look at the receiving core, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, Van Jefferson, who caught a touchdown where the defense didn't even touch him. The first touchdown of the game, he fell, and nobody went to just touch him. He got up and ran it in for five or eight yards. I think the Bears' defense will only get better off of this game. Okay. The, I think the Bengals 
have actually I actually like the Bengals offense as much as they're not a good team. I don't want to say they're bad, they're not great. But it'll be interesting more interesting of a matchup because they don't have as many of good weapons, but they have a really good receiving core. Like Jamar Chase looks great. I regret taking him out of my FanDuel lineup. I was like, you know what? I don't know if I trust Joe Burrow coming off the torn ACL. And he ended up going off, I would say. He caught it like a 50-yard touchdown, caught like five or six balls. So they do have a good offense. But I think it's a slap in the face for the Bears and their defense, just the same way Green Bay had their offense slapped in the face. Okay. So at least I hope, because the Bears have big-time players, and all they – who did they lose? Who did they Kyle really Fuller. lose? Kyle Fuller. Which, yeah, he got better over the last couple of years, like really good. But it's going to come down to, is Eddie Jackson going to come back around to the Eddie Jackson of two seasons ago when he was like, led the league in interceptions? Khalil Mack has to start putting pressure. And Robert Akeem, Quinn. Robert Quinn. Akeem Hicks in the middle. Actually, Akeem Hicks had a couple good stops down, down in, the, uh, in the grind there in the pit. So I, I still like him, but I am I'm still sold on the Bears defense. I think this week one was a slap in the face for the whole division. The Vikings blew a win. The Vikings should have won their game. Slap in the face for them. <laughs> yeah, it was. The Lions almost came back too, but like it was, it was too late. Time. Oh man, the 49ers, I thought. So going into the season, their defenses, their predictions on the defense was really high. The offense was going to be healthy. Um, I think Mostert got hurt again. He's out for which, the year. What kind of clowns are threatening his family? First of all, oh, did you see that? Yeah, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it too long. But come week on, week one of the fantasy season, and some guys uh, are like already writing this season off. If you had Mostert as one of the guys carrying you to a fantasy championship, I don't even play fantasy. You're you're wrong in that you, in that way. You that's why you draft a handcuff. If you're gonna go with a guy who gets hurt, you draft the handcuff. It's simple. It's simple. One oh one guys. I could teach you a thing or two. Healy could teach you a thing or five and he doesn't even play fantasy. It's just it's common sense. And yeah, at the end of the day, like what's the guy gonna do? Just not get hurt? It's gonna try to prevent the getting hurt? No, it's sports. It happens. I'm sorry that you guys lost fifty or a hundred dollars in your league. And it's week thing, one. Though. Like you could come back. It's you just gotta make the right waiver wire plays and you're good. As good as he is for the 49ers, they it's next man up. That's how their offense is. They are always super fast. They always got the next man up to do something solid. So as a 49ers fan, obviously you don't have to worry. I'd be worried because the Detroit Lions almost came back and I think George Kittle got hit in the face or whatever on the onside kick. That was a close game. The one game that kind of surprised me, surprised me a lot actually, because of how well their defense did. The Arizona Cardinals shut down Tennessee. Their defense looked incredible their offense looked great the Chandler offense Jones good. Chandler Jones JJ Watt Buda Baker 
Um, those three guys, those are like really the only three that I know for a fact that are still on the team. Um, they, they, I mean, to shut down Tennessee, who added Julio Jones, another weapon. Yeah, they lost Corey Davis, who was actually pretty good. They added Julio Jones. You have two of the best receivers in the game. You have a quarterback who can throw to them, clearly. You have arguably the best running back in the game when it comes to long, uh, being a work uh, workload, a workhorse, and breaking them off for 98 yards at least once or twice a year. And that wasn't the case. They kept the pressure on Tannehill. Six sacks. Five of them from Chandler Jones. Five from Chandler Jones. Like, that's how much of an impact, like, J.J. Watt, I don't know if he got the other sack, but that's just what happens when you get a guy like J.J. Watt or another great pass rusher. Takes the pressure off some of these elite guys, and, oh, they could do damage. Oh, yeah. Chandler Jones has been with the team since 2016. Obviously, he was with New England before, won a Super Bowl with them. John Jones' very brother good. as a fun John Jones' fact. brother. Very athletic family, if you were wondering. <laughs> Chandler Jones is on pace to have like 50 sacks or something crazy. Will he get it? Probably not. That's just, maybe he will. Who knows? But you have him, J.J. Watt. Oh, they have Corey Peters. Defensive tackle. Cannot forget about Corey Peters. He's been in the league. He was with Atlanta for a while. He's been with Arizona the last, like, five or six years. Pretty damn good. And they just kept the pressure applied. And every time they got the ball offensively, yeah, Kyler Murray did throw an interception. He got pressure, too. Tennessee's defense is one of those defenses. They're going to give up the points. They're going to give up the yards. But they can also force turnovers. They get to the quarterback. In the past couple years, they contended for the Super Bowl because their defense actually isn't bad the Cardinals easily with Kyler Murray being as athletic as he is with the speed that he has, the arm that he has DeAndre Hopkins caught two touchdowns in the first half. I think they added AJ green. Who's just another veteran. I was shocked. I actually really, really believe Arizona is a playoff team just based on their schedule and what they did to one of the top teams in the NFL. Minnesota next week at home. Minnesota's, I still think Minnesota's tough just because offensively they, they have arguably one of the best offenses as well. So it's going to be a shootout there. Curious to know what the over under is going into that game. Were there any games that you watched where you were besides Green Bay, besides the <laughs> Bears, and obviously besides Arizona, where you were like, this is a really good game, or you're like, whoa, this team did this. One of the games I watched and I thought was going to end up in a tie, and this would have been back-to-back years where this team tied was the Bengals-Vikings. Yeah. I, I, I thought they were going to tie again. Ten minutes is too short in overtime especially mm-hmm. with the teams and how long they play. Um, I was watching like red zone. I wasn't really like following any of the games close. The only game I did watch like closely was the Monday night game. Cause it was the only game on. That was a good game too. 
I was kind of surprised. I won my fantasy league because Lamar Jackson fumbled. Got negative points. I won by two points. It was great. Ooh. I was kind of surprised that the Steelers' Bills only ended up 23-16. I would have thought the Bills would have, like, squeaked out that game or they would have scored, like, 30-ish points minimum. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Both defenses are good, but I thought the offenses... Well, I thought they were one of the teams where it doesn't matter because the offense still finds a way to put up points. Was not the case at all. And actually... The fact that the Steelers were able to pull that one off. The Steelers have been a team where, yeah, a couple seasons ago, they had a really bad year, and then they came back around, which I think Big Ben was out that year. They came back around, and last year had a good season. They added key pieces to the defense. You start week one beating the Bills, who is an AFC favorite next to the Chiefs, and then they're going to go into week two. Week two, they have the Raiders, who just came off, obviously, that huge win. They're giving the Steelers a five-and-a-half-point spread. I would take that. I think the Steelers are going to force Derek Carr to make some bad bad decisions. I don't think that they're—I think it's going to be another low-scoring game for that defense. I think, at the most, Raiders maybe put up 17, 20 points, but the Steelers on the other end are going to put up 27. Okay, okay. Yeah, definitely see that. How do you feel? Truly, and not as a Bears fan, the Bears against the Bengals. Obviously, the Bengals are 1-0, but that doesn't mean anything week one. They kind of stole that game. I think the Bears win. I, I as As much as I said I overrated the Bears' defense, I feel like the offensive line that they are going up against and the experience of Joe Burrow is just an Andy Dalton going up against a defense. I think it's just okay. I think they'll manage it. Is it going to be a blowout victory? I don't know. I think it could be a 21 to like 14 game. Yeah, I agree. They're giving the bears two and a half point spread. They are the favorite, even though the records don't show it. Um, I think the Bears are going to pull it off. The Bengals are a team to look out for. Joe Burrow is showing signs of being a future star. Joe Mixon is starting to actually come around as the guy that he should have been the last couple of years. Actually, last year had a pretty good year. And I like their weapons on the offense. The defense, I still think the Bears. I think this is the game where we see David Montgomery ran the ball pretty damn well last week against a Rams defense that is pretty stubborn. David Montgomery, this is his year. Last year he had a good year. This is his year. I think you're going to see some big games out of him. So, yeah, I I would take that spread. I would take the two and a half. Field goal game, 24-21 Bears. I hope so. I hope this turns it around because football is one of those sports where, as you've seen, week one, we're like, all right, I guess they aren't as good. If they don't win, Bears fans are going to start screaming for the, Justin Fields. This is a must-win game too because their record or their schedule is very hard this year. They have like one of the tough. I think they have the toughest schedule or like top five like toughest schedule. I mean, if you look at their schedule going into besides Cincinnati, you have Cleveland, which is tough. That's yep. I would give the game to Cleveland. 
Detroit. Shit, toss up. Should, it's a toss up. They should win, but you never know because Detroit's just knows how to play NFC North teams occasionally pretty well. Then you get Raiders. You have the Packers. You have the yeah the Buccaneers, the 49ers, and Pittsburgh all before the bye week. And then after the bye week, you have Baltimore immediately at home, but it's Baltimore. So you hope they could stay 500 at that point. Mm-hmm. But if they, don't, if, they, if they come out and lose to Cincinnati, it is not going to be good. It is not going to be good. No, they, they need to. And I think they said week four for uh, Fields. I think if Dalton really is really bad this week, it might start shifting. I think Fields, if the game, uh, well, this isn't obvious. If it's a blowout, they're going to put Fields in. Fields has to get some snaps. He's got to get more snaps in, just like he had a couple snaps in the in the last game. You don't want to put him into a game. For example, I believe the Cardinals a couple of years ago against the Bears were in a very close game. And in the second half bench, Sam Bradford and started the rookie Josh Rosen. And it was in the middle of a game against the Bears defense that was very good. And he got destroyed. You don't want to throw a rookie into that situation. You don't want to do mm-hmm. no second half shit. You want to put him against a team that's arguably one of the best, a.k.a. Cleveland's defense is not as bad as they looked against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are just that good. I think it's important that he gets a couple of more snaps in this game. And if, if it's, they have a consistent lead going into the fourth quarter, let him play the last couple of snaps. Don't force a turnover or two or three or whatever to blow the game probably may or may not happen, but I don't think, I don't see them starting him against Cleveland. It would have to be Detroit and that yeah. would be week four. Yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland doesn't make sense. Yeah. Kind of like the, the whole LA, the, the Rams. Yeah. So with that being said, my next FanDuel lineup is going to do better. To those who did steal my lineup, you should have won something, I believe. Put up 121 points. I won some cash back. Didn't get my buy-in back, unfortunately. But I put up 121 points. I did make a last-minute decision to take out Jamar Chase. I put in Antonio Gibson against the Chargers, which probably was a bad move. He put up 10 points. Um... But I worked it to where I got Dalvin Cook into the flex. And I went super cheap on the defense with Houston, which paid off. But definitely could have been better. Could have been a better lineup. So be on the lookout. I'm projecting 150 to 160 points. Obviously, with FanDuel, you want to put up 200 plus to have a chance to win any type of big money. Um, When I'm looking at this, the guy who won the top prize for this on the main slate put up 202 points. Played Jameis Winston. Don't know what he knew. Played Melvin Gordon. Didn't expect Melvin Gordon to go for go off for 20. Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill. This guy's lineup was actually pretty stacked. I give him credit. But be on the lookout. We're gonna we're only getting better. We're only getting better. Yeah. Make sure to follow the Twitter and Instagram. Maybe we uh start posting on a TikTok account. Oh yeah, we did just create the TikTok account. 
We did. Yeah, we're still getting that updated, but be on the lookout for that. We're going to have some... Uh, maybe might not do lineups on there, but maybe do like top five players to look for. Yeah, like the must-haves, like a.k.a. James Robinson. Getting five touches or five carries in that game should not have happened at all. But Trevor Lawrence's first game may not have that connection with Robinson yet. Dude's a good running back, so I apologize about that. But stay tuned. Make sure you're following us. SR Only Pod, Twitter. We are going to stay more active. Find us on TikTok, too. We don't have anything yet. Instagram, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go ahead, hit that like button, follow. And we'll see you guys next week.